This is episode 56 of the Break 80 podcast, joined by my guys, short-sighted Mike, top 100 Tim, U.S. Open week. We've got one of our favorite guys on the pod um, later this episode, John Ellis, Wyndham Clark's caddy, as he calls in from L.A. to talk all things LACC. Great stuff, so make sure to listen to that portion of the pod. But before we get to that, what a finish in Canada. No, I do not mean Nick Taylor's 72-foot putt. I mean, that security guard wrapping up and driving at him had it to the turf. That's how you finish a tackle. And Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Vikings are in need of a linebacker. Yeah, get that. Get Terry Tate. Remember those Terry Tate commercials? Back yes. in the, day, the office linebacker. Um, don't you feel like like Hadman got piled, just plowed down? Just bit, targeted. In the most Canadian way, he got up and gave the guy a big hug, and they probably had a little bats together later, and <laughs> you know, and just had a good time. Um, speaking of Canadian beers, I don't mean to sidetrack this, but there's a beer that I when I went and fished in Canada, a lot, you know, I don't do it as much anymore. Before prior kids, I went to Canada a lot to fish. There's this beer called like, um, how's it, Kianoki or Kianoki or something like that. And I really liked the beer, not because it tasted great, but because there was this mountain and you had to find this little man who was climbing the mountain somewhere. And it's just, there's nothing like cracking a beer and looking for the little man on the mountain. Are you and, sure you, you know, weren't on mushrooms or something? <laughs> I don't what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> you know, no, no, no. It was, it was fantastic. It was, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, it's got like the Coors kind of, kind of can, but like somewhere in the, in the, in the Rockies, there's this little guy. It's like a Where's up. Waldo of Canada. Yes, exactly. That 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 is that is engaging your audience. That is making oh, an interactive. Where am I? Beer. Huh? That is yeah. making an interactive beer, and that is making you know something out of nothing. So, cheers to that Canadian company, because you know I don't think we have a lot of it here in America. So, anyways, cheers to you, Canada, making something out of nothing. <laughs> yep. And speaking your major. Speaking of that, <laughs> we have that this week with with Nick Taylor getting the W. Yeah, wrong. I picked the wrong Canadian last week on the picks. I went with Corey Connors. He failed me. Um, yeah, I don't know. The putt was ridiculous. But either way, he probably wins. You have two putts because Fleetwood had like a 12, 15 footer for birdie or something. Lord uh, knows that Tommy Fleetwood hasn't been all that clutch when it comes to the PGA Tour yeah. wins. If you were to watch Tommy Fleetwood putt, you would never think, you would think that the pencil grip is the worst grip possible but then if you threw on your your instagram and saw me rolling in putts today with the pencil you would you would change your mind um yeah i don't know fleetwood can't win on the pga tour he's winless still yeah if you watch that closely if you if you really watch in slow motion nick taylor making that putt when they when they the film went to nick taylor you could tell like it was an outer outer body experience like he he couldn't quite believe that the the putt went in like there was something like you know, obviously he reacted at some point, but I don't think he had any clue what to even do. Like, it wasn't something that, you know, was scripted. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to make this to win. He just, it went in, and he basically sat there for a moment just wondering if, if that really happened. And, uh, you know, after that, he did the old, put, you know, putter toss. And, you know, everything else is history. But, yeah, when you make a 72-footer unexpectedly, obviously, um yeah, what can you say? I mean, he he's Canadian's hero this week. So um cheers to that. Somebody had to step up and win for Canada. Yeah, it's been like 60 years. Um that uh, the scene was great. The scene of 18 was awesome. The fans looked amazing. They were jacked up. 
But the Jim Nance, they just make this shit up as they go. Jim Nance called it, I believe, if you're watching. I watched a lot of it there. A top five Canadian sports moment ever. How bad is your is your country at sports if Jim if if winning the Canadian Open is a top five all time Canadian sports moment? Well, um, not many Canadians had won that tournament. To no, be no, honest. I'll tell you what, in, not not just golf in sports in general. Just well, no, that's that's golf. the point though. There there hasn't been a Canadian in years that has won that Open. So it's well, it's yeah, someone that, coming but... to the the land the Kingsland. They've no, had, it's not the Queensland anymore. They've had Olympic hockey champions, NBA, ba- NBA basketball championship, the Raptors. They've had the Blue Jays won back. No, no, back I got series. one. I what? got one. The Blue Jays win when I think it was Joe Carter rips a homer off of Mitch Wild Thing Williams. Yeah. Little lefty pitching inside. Bomb. That is a that's a Canadian moment that I'm pretty sure if I remember that, then that's gotta How be. How do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Joe Carter, man. Joe they, Carter, uh, baby. One of so the that's not even but that's not even the best Blue Jays moment ever. The greatest moment in Blue Jays history was when right around that era, this happened. This is a true story. They somehow got the keys to one of the players, like um, Ford Bronco or something. You know, some vehicle at the time that was pretty nice. And they they got the announcers and the whatever to say that they were some some fan won this vehicle. And they drove it out into the field. It was one of the players, and the player didn't know that. <laughs> and so the player's like, "What is going? That's my that's my car." And they're giving it away to some fans, supposedly. I don't know if they if they agreed to if the players were going to chip in if they're actually going to give it to them or if they, or if they what the deal was. But that's the greatest moment in Blue Jays history. That is hilarious. All right, go <laughs> go Canada with that prank. Maybe that's the genesis of "Dude, where's my car?" But they've probably won a curling title, you know, the fastest sport on ice. Um, I don't know, but yeah, Jim Nance was a little bored, but it was a good scene. I mean, it was awesome for golf and great putt and crazy. But Fleetwood screwed that up on regulation. That should have never went to a playoff. You know, hole eighteen is was like the easiest hole maybe on tour this year. I don't know. Everybody birdied at the last round, like every single player almost. It's four hundred. It's par five. It was playing four ninety nine. But you got that weird stream that like it doesn't come straight across. It like goes across and it like meanders down the one side of the fairway. So you they were laying way back and Fleetwood hit an iron off the tee in regulation, missed the fairway. So he had to lay up. Then he missed the it. fairway on his layup. Now he's, now he's in the rough with like the ball below his feet, gets it on two putts for par. But like everybody birdied that hole except for him when, when he, he needed to birdie to win. Our guy Novak birdied it for a top 10 finish. Andrew Novak from an earlier pod he was on. He played well. Um, 100%. Yeah. yeah, it was um, really you well. Can't, yeah, like, it, like all right, so, you know, PGA Tour is taking its, you know, brief. And, in, in what, you know, sometimes it deserves it. But this is a situation where, you know, that and that's kind of why it got its grief. You know, it doesn't play in Australia. It doesn't play here. It doesn't play there. It doesn't play all sorts of places. It doesn't play. Well, it travels to Canada and like with the product that you get, you get a bunch of crazy Canadians who are basically chanting Harry Higgs' name. God, no, no. Harry Higgs thinks he's, you know, royalty at this, at this, you know, tournament for this week. You know, you don't get that a lot of that. Um, so I, I, you got to get props. And I think, like I said, if, if you can get a product to Australia, you can get a product to some of these other places, 
you know, you might get more of those vibes. You can't just keep going to all the time. These places that don't have the passion, um, the vibe that a place like this had. So it was really cool to see that, um, you know, place going nuts, nuts, not just kind of like, oh, cool. He made the pot. It was like, it was going bonkers. And we got people with like, you know, Adam Hadwin's getting the champagne rock and it's like, that's fun. That's, that's what makes, that, that's the stuff. That's why I like to watch. I like to watch fun ending moments like that. It was actually one cool. Go ahead, Tim. I was going to say one, one, one grievance here. Most of the population of Canada lives South of us. So uh, Canada, and, uh, it's true. Listen to the Break 80 podcast. We are northern of you. Our brother, our brother. And listen to your overlord. (laughs) Um, Right. Right. The uh, go ahead, Mike. (laughs) That was my one. My one grievance is you're a southern country. (laughs) Yeah, it's it was actually pretty cool because you had all the Canadian players stuck around, including Jeff Seidel, Mike Weir and uh, and all of the of like the the UK Ireland guys stuck around because they're watching Fleetwood like Lowry and Hatton and everything. Uh, but my, my question is speaking of Harry Higgs, how much poutine could that guy pound? If you, if you put it in front of him with, with a couple Molson's to wash it down, that, that's a body built down. for French fries and cheese <laughs> and gravy. The best part Throw the gravy. Oh, out. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's, I, I like watching the Canadian open. They kind of wrote, they rotated around every year to courses. I, this course wasn't that visually great on on TV, but some of them, it's always a Thompson course, like every freaking course in Canada is. But some of them are really good, really good looking. This one didn't do as much for me, but they uh, the Canadian Open's okay. And it's a national what, championship. What'd you guys think of the uh, penalty box or whatever they called it? Well, they, they used to have the thing hanging. Did they do it again this year where you went up in the thing or whatever? No, no, no. It, it No, they didn't have it. The sky seats? No, they didn't they had do those the sky ones seats there. this year that I saw, but they had the attempt at the Waste Management Open where they had the hecklers, they were sitting behind the glass, kind of. Oh, I didn't even see one that of the holes. when I watched. I want to so say it was, go like, up was it 17 or 16 or something? It was one of the one of the ending ones, I think. It was it was a closing par three, and let's be honest, they're just not doing as good as Liv. They, uh, they yeah, missed right. the mark a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they had less fans of this Canadian Open and, and watching on TV than. Tim, I mean, they, they don't even know who their players are. They're Adam Hadwin on the green. Do they have Tim. the CW in Canada? Tim, newsflash: yeah, the CW is from live. Canada. Yeah, this is live. There now. is no. There is no. You are. We That's are. That's right. One. We bought you guys. Yeah, We've we come are, together. We are one. Darth. <laughs> Darth Darth Monahan <laughs> runs it all now. Supposedly he's he he runs the uh, live now. Apparently, so your guy Rory Tim didn't get his three peat. My guy, <laughs> your favorite player. I I picked my anti villain. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm ready for the U.S. Open, the Canadian Open. Like, here's the thing: if 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 on that playoff somebody wins with just a regular two putt, if, if Nick Taylor doesn't make that long putt and just two putts and wins, no one gives a shit. It was just it was just a crazy, crazy win. I guess they'd care because he's a Canadian, but the way it, the way it ended up was was wild. Yeah, you had some. You know, if you look at the the leaderboard, a couple of guys that stick out. Obviously, you know, Fleetwood didn't get his his first win, but um, you can't really ignore. I think. This coming week, you cannot really ignore Tyrell Hat- 
you know, Terrell had. And I think he's playing just on, if you look at what he's done over the last two months of golf, it's incredible. I mean, he, he's, he's a guy that, you, you know, you can't tell me, you, you can't sit there and tell me, oh, if somebody sat there and said, you know, Tyrell Hat Terrell Hutton's my pick to win this week. It's you can't be like, oh, that's a dumb pick. It's like he's playing well enough. He had two sixty fours and two seventy twos. Like he just like plays okay. You know, on his other couple days, he he runs away with it, and he's got the short game to go with it. Um, you know, he hasn't temperament, but but uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to I, say that you know he could uh, he could be a, he could be a threat this week. He had an all time goat, goat move though. He. He putted one. He hit like a 15-footer. He putted it, and he had his hand out. He was ready. He was ready to just bitch about it. <laughs> I've seen that. Where have I seen out. that before, Tim? He, he was Where ready have I seen that? And then, and then it went in, and it went in. So he had to stop himself because he couldn't oh. complain. He was getting ready to, like, just totally go off, you know, and do one of the flick off the holes, and then it broke <laughs> in and went in. <laughs> you, you know what? I haven't oh, seen, I pushed I was, it. I, I pushed it. Yeah, I was gonna say actually I haven't seen that before. I was gonna say, where have we seen the, the bitch about the miss? And I was like, Oh, I've seen that before and somebody on this podcast, but but then he says, but then it went in. Not today. I walked I walked in the closer you today. Did. You did. <laughs> you did. Um yeah, so I mean we 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 already gave Novak a shout out. So you know, he's he's uh near and dear to the pod. Um other than that, I mean, you get some of the, you got to say something about Eric Cole. He's had a sneaky, great season. You know, a guy that really could not get to the PGA Tour, grinded, 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 uh, multiple years, Corn Ferry. All of a sudden, I don't know what happened. Flipped the switch, and he's now all of a sudden, you know, competing and trying to win tournaments. So that's pretty cool to see. Um, yeah, we already well, mentioned Rory's yeah, ability. But... I have a bone to pick with Eric Cole, though. Uh-oh. He is on the PGA Tour. He has made multiple top tens this year now. Almost won a tournament. He still is is wearing, I don't know if he has a deal signed with Footjoy. He wears like the old man, like lawn mowing Footjoys. Those ones that are like $40 at the golf store that look like old man shoes. Like, what is he doing? They have a dozen different kind of golf shoes, but he rolls like the 75-year-old man ones. It's hey. quite bizarre to see. Because he wears joggers too. He wore the old man shoes with joggers. He's Mike, bringing have, have generations ever, of fans are coming together. But have you ever put on a, a, a pair of sketchers? Have you ever walked on clouds? Never. It could never be a will. situation where he's walking on clouds and he just can't give them up. No, maybe, but they they do. Uh, they're all comfortable. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. They must be paying him. He must be the brand ambassador for their one line of shoes. That you can go straight from the golf course to lawn mowing with, all in one. I don't. I don't, <laughs> why, I don't understand, great. I don't why, understand uh, it. Why would you want to advertise your lowest brow shoe? I don't know. Why is he wearing them? Oh. It doesn't make any sense. He could be wearing premieres. Like I, it's so bizarre. He I must think, have I think super wide dad feet. He wears he wears joggers like Tim, and then and then they put him in the old man shoes. So they're bringing together. Just decades of people. You're bringing it. You're bringing in the millennials. You're bringing. You're, you're, you're getting. You're getting the millennials with the joggers, but yet you're getting the grandpas at the same time with the shoes. Just all in one. Genius advertising was what that is. They they know what they're doing. I think is is the point there. But anything else you want to point out? Be uh from the Canadian Open. Nope, it's major week. Let's go. Major week. So we want to. Uh, we'll just give you a quick intro here. Um, John Ellis joins our pod, uh, you know, near and dear friend of the friend of the podcast. He he joined us live from the Minnesota Golf Show back in February. He basically, 
I think we pointed this out. He predicted that uh, Wyndham Clark's going to win this year, and and that he did. He won a elevated event. He and he talks about um, what LACC is like this week. You've got a course that not many people know much about, and um, there's not a lot of history there in terms of of golf tournaments. So he gave us a little bit of an insight there. Great, um, great stuff from him. Uh, loved hearing from him, and uh, yeah, enjoy. Joining us live from LACC is none other than our guy, John Ellis, Wyndham Clark's caddy. Um, Super excited about this week. It's the U.S. Open. And before we get to even that, we want to talk about how well your guy has been playing. It's, you know, last time we talked to you was February. You kind of foresaw that he was playing well. You saw that his game was where he needs to be. And he got his first win. You got your first win on the bag been really fun to watch from afar john tell us uh a little bit about what this year's been like for you guys and how special it's really been yeah thanks for having me uh first of all and uh yeah it's been unbelievable he's played um we made 17 cuts in a row i think which i mean you guys play golf a lot it's hard to beat your friends 17 times in a row even if you're a little bit better so what he's done is uh, amazing. <clears throat> and then for him to get the win at a Wells Fargo at elevated event with the best players in the world was incredible. And the fashion that he did it um, on Saturday, shooting 64 with the fifth ranked player in the world and then <clears throat> backing it up on Sunday, shooting four under to win was incredible. So he's been playing some incredible golf leading up to that. Obviously, he had a few other chances where I thought he was going to win. Um, maybe should have won, but um, it worked out how it's supposed to be. He beat one of the best fields in golf, and um, yeah, it's been incredible. So let's, you know, he's playing well. We're going to LACC. You're there live right now. Yeah. The big reason why we want to have you on, other than just to congratulate how well your season's been going, we want to know. Tell us a little bit of the course. You've been there probably maybe for a couple of days or so. Tell us what you've seen. Yeah, I, came, what, uh, I came Sunday, walked the golf course. The front nine, um, it's a beautiful property. It's amazing. I mean, we're in Beverly Hills, which whether you like California or not, or, you know, the, the West Coast, um, it's an amazing piece of property. The golf course is incredible. Um, the front nine, I felt like uh, we played the front nine today. It's very scorable. Like, I feel like, on Thursday, when you see some scores, there's going to be some three or four under pars um, and not just a few, maybe a handful of guys get to, to three or four under par early. And then the back nine is brutal and you could hold on. And um, yeah, I, I think it's fair. Um, it's going to be a fun golf course to see on TV because you can make three or four birdies in a row where, you know, most opens, I don't feel like you could say that. And then you could turn around and make three sixes in a row where um, you could say that with an open. But the rough is fair. Um, it's long, but fair. You know, I I, I love the golf course. And, um, yeah, it should be an exciting week. Now, that that front nine, that's the Barranca holes, correct? You get yeah. a little bit more of the undulation, the ups exactly. and downs and that. Does that Barranca come into play? It didn't today, but it does. <laughs> It no, it does it come into play. It yeah, it does come into play. Um, uh, three, the par three does. Um, 
six kind of is that Branca, then seven, the long par three. So yeah. And then eight, yeah, seven, the par five, it does. So it does actually three or four times. And um, yeah, it's there. You could actually play out of it, which kind of gives you a little hope. Not saying it's good, but um, you know, most of those Brancas, if you get into it, you're done, but um, they gave you some hope. And then if it goes in there, you could make a 12 trying to get it out of there. So so John, yeah. we're we're three golf coaches and and state the uh the high school state tournament's coming up. I was out there with my team today doing a practice yep. round. What does a practice round look like for a for a pro? Like are you picking out different pin placements? Are you placing balls? Are you keeping score? What does it what does it look like for when well, he had a little there? match with somebody, but in a typical practice round, we're uh, maybe uh this is what I do and he does a little I find out where I could make a four on every hole if I got out of position and same for high school kids or whether it's a four or a five but where where is the gives me the best opportunity to make a par maybe a bogey if we get out of position and um, so I look at the areas where we could do that I mean it might be on certain holes way the greens pitch you might be short-sided where you know typically short-sided not great but um you know, there's a few holes out here where short side actually is easier than, you know, the safe side or whatever like that. So I look for that. We don't, you know, this is a golf course that nobody's played a tournament at. So we don't really know the pin placement. You kind of have an idea of like the four quadrants that you think they might use. Um, so we'll putt to certain uh, spots and, you know, on hard holes, we'll chip and easier holes. We'll just focus on putting and trying to find breaks and whatnot. That's what I was going to ask you. They don't give you any inkling of where the pin placements are going to be till like the morning of. Yeah, get we get a sheet that day. We, yeah, we get one. We get an email Wednesday night, so I'll know where Thursday pins are Wednesday night. So you kind of plot a little bit that night and kind of say, you know, where's the fat side or where's a good spot to get it up and down, or you kind of have an idea. Um, but to your point, there's a new golf course, so we don't really know how the golf course is going to play. I thought it was pretty fortunate. We tee off late early. I love being able to watch Thursday morning, see how guys are playing, see where the mistakes are, see where the ball's rolling out and kind of go from there and then kind of make our game plan based on what's going on. That is actually low key. Like, wow. I, I never really thought about that. Like you get a chance to watch um, footage. You get a chance to watch, see what the guys are doing. Yeah, that's got to be like, um, I don't know, is that an advantage every week besides like possible weather, you know, conditions? But that has to be like, you know, comes in a major, like that's huge. 100%. I mean, on most golf courses, like, you know, we play Travelers next week. We've been there four years now. So we have an understanding of basically where all the pins are um, throughout the years, you know, what holes. But here, this is a new golf course. We don't really know anything. So, um, there's times where I'll actually go out and watch and kind of see some tricky holes the way it's on coverage. You could watch every shot. I just basically have my phone and iPad plugged in and, um, watch, um, those featured groups and see how they're playing and where balls are rolling and where they're three putting and all that good stuff. So I'll have a pretty good idea of what's going on. Will there be any holes that you have identified? Uh, now that you consider kind of the birdie holes, the attack holes out there for yeah, the him in his game. There's, 
the front nine is like one most guys want to get off out of the gate and make birdie on one believe it or not like you could hit a drive and a foreign in the green the way it's pitched you could kind of hit it long you could hit it right and the up and down's not too bad the pivotal holes i think are six it's a drivable hole um the green is so narrow and you know the talk is do you go for it and if you miss the green you're in the hay but you're close to the green or do you lay up to 70 yards and have a I mean, a dicey wedge shot from 70 yards that if it hits pin high and goes long, you're making six because it's hay. So um, six is a pivotal hole on would, it's like a birdie hole, but you could also make six or seven. I was going to I was going to ask you about that hole specifically. It's like, is that going to be like a 50 50 half the guys hit iron half the guys kind of go go for it? I think 70 30 based on what I'm hearing will go for it like. Ideal if you can get it in that bunker and you're not the front bunker kind of incredible. If you could, if yeah. you could give it, get it there three out of day, three days and in the crap one day, you'll make maybe two birdies, a bogey and a par. And I think you play it under par and you'd be pretty ecstatic because you could, you could hit a pretty good shot. If it doesn't go in that bunker or goes short or just left, it's hay, it's sand and you're looking at a big number possibly. So there's an interesting hole coming up after that one, a 290 yard labeled par three. They're not going to put there's, they're not going to put it. They better, they better put it back there. They've been talking about it all week. If they don't put it back there, then that's just, these guys put it back there at least one day. It's two fifty. We played both tees today. Wyndham hit a, three went off the ground like he was trying to hit like a squeeze cut it went 272 yards to like 12 feet it was pretty impressive <laughs> and then the other one's a 300 from 250 like jesus it's yeah um, is it downhill it's it's somewhat it plays downhill. minus just a, it plays minus eight downhill so if that's that makes it feel any better yeah that's I why we're driver. here kim we love we love it when these guys look mortal they're human they're human beings out there when they when they uh, have to play holes from 290 par threes they're all wide to too. They're all whining. <laughs> I love it. They should be playing back there. And if par is irrelevant, right? Get it up there and try to make a three or four. Um, so, I just have a quick I, question. I, one more question on the front. So one one is like an easy starter kind of like a, like just get up there. Yeah. But two, two is a brute, isn't it? It was a brute. Like if you miss a fairway, you're laying up short of the branca, and then you have a tough wedge shot. And if you hit the fairway and have a seven or six iron in, there's the back right pin is so tough that you really don't take it on and you kind of hit it to the front left. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough hole. So you get an easy one. There'll be a lot of guys that go four or five instead of five, four. How's that? Love it. Five, four. Is that what I did today, Mike? No, I didn't do that. Today. I, I, I don't five. even know. <laughs> um, I was going to ask John. So, you know, you kind of talked about get make your hay in the front and then uh you know hang on tight for the back. What do you think is the kind of player at this particular golf course that you think can play well? Everything that I've read is that you know it's it's, it's okay off the tee around yeah. the greens if you miss them are, are trouble. But like what um you know I'm getting vi- I'm getting ball striker vibes, getting a lot yeah, of ball, ball striking striker, vibes. Like- you don't have to be surely you have to be great off the tee, but you don't have to be like um, it doesn't have to be the best driving week of your life to win here. 
Um, great iron play is somebody who hits their irons great. And then obviously, and the other one I think is lag putting. Um, regardless of how well you hit your irons, you're going to have some 30, 40 um, big old benders with fast greens that um, lag putting is going to be huge. So I want the best iron player this week and somebody who you don't have to putt the best, but you have to lag it up there close because from 290 yards or 70 yards on a par three, if you hit a good quality shot to 45 feet, you have to find a way to two putt it, you know, and take advantage of a great shot like that. So Scotty Scheffler wins by 20 shots this week or what? <laughs> Not if he's, if he's, <laughs> got a putt. he's lag negative, putting. Yeah. If he's negative three putting this week, he's going to win run going away. <laughs> have you ever heard of, have you ever seen or heard of, his last like three events where he's been like just the worst putter in the field yet. He's gotten like second and third place. I mean, I didn't know about, I didn't know how bad it was in um, Dallas where he got third. And then obviously we played um, a Memorial and I saw the stats where he gained almost like 18 off the tee and approach, which is just incredible, but lost eight putting. It's, I, those things are a little skewed because if you hit it so close and miss six or seven foot birdie putts, like if you have a downhill seven footer, it doesn't know if it's a downhill curling seven footer. I realize it's only seven feet, but um, if you hit a bunch of quality shots and miss it, you're getting penalized pretty well on those um, putting stats. So they're a little skewed, obviously not to the point where you're last in putting and finish second place, but if you're last in putting, surely you had a good ball striking week to get second, but you, he had to make some. And you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how those stats are always right. What, what did they have? Uh, if he would have had Denny McCarthy's putting stats, he would have won by like 18 shots or something yeah, like that. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like you're, you're close to property right now. I don't know if you've seen some of the articles coming out, but uh, LACC has some of the highest property value. I use yeah outside of Pebble Beach. Um, Lionel Richie's house is on the fourth hole. And it's ninety million. I, apparently, I think what Playboy Lionel Playboy Mansion Richie was on there. Let's what go. Is ninety million. Yeah, and it's being Where's rented the... out by uh, somebody this week or a group for three million for the week. Jeez, <laughs> golfer or non-golfer? How are you guys not out here? Why didn't you guys grab that place for three mil? let me do the taxes for this company exactly (laughs) dude tell me one song all right here's my question before we move on i want somebody to tell me one song that lionel richie just sung give me one yeah give me one name don't look it up tell me one song hold on i can think of it uh i could hear it my i could hear it i don't uh, know the name that's embarrassing he's got a 90 million dollar house and not one of us well, he's, one a, of us he's a, he's a, a producer now back in the day well yeah back in the day whatever uh, but you can't actually name yeah, a song what's it called a, a song called uh i can sing it yeah i was like one okay. year old and that came out but that was a classic jam that is actually a good song. Oh, oh man. My, my point of this song. whole Lionel Richie thing, where's the party at? Is anyone hosting? What does it look like for a... Uh, yeah, there's always turn- something. Tomorrow night, there's something. There's always something. Um, who's having something tomorrow? Like, Sax is having something. There's always little things that you could go to. 
I usually don't attend them. My wife's coming Wednesday, so I'll get to hang with her and kind of chill. And these big weeks are, there's a lot to do, but um, rather just kind of low key stay in and whatnot. Jason Bateman's got to have a party. His commercial is on TV every other minute. <laughs> I saw that. And the funny part is apparently they don't let any celebrities on this course too. And they're doing like these commercials, like with these celebrities and <laughs> celebrities are essentially not allowed on LACC. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. That's like a longstanding thing they've had going on for decades, I guess. Yeah. So they you're telling they don't me let you're, anybody in. You're telling me that the 3M is just got a lot better vibe than <laughs> party vibes in the LACC scene, huh? I love 100%. it. Hundred percent. I hope that vibe this year at 3M. I was thinking the field's going to be pretty decent now with, um, you know, guys trying to sneak into the top fifty, top seventy. So, um, should be a fun week. Perfect. We're playing it in two weeks on Media Day. See I love that. See what we can do. Oh, do our date. Yeah, twenty six. One oh, perfect. Maybe I can we'll make try it. to sneak out there one day and play the four of us. Yeah. They uh, they're going to have a party thing on the 18th hole this year. I saw that. I, I just saw that. Yeah. That'll be good. Um, LAC this, is the USGA going to make this thing just crispy if there's no rain? Is it going to be just like springboards on the green or no? I don't know. It's hard to say. It's soft now. I think it could be between eight and eleven under winds. But um, if for you know, I guess if they decide to not want to see that, I could see them making it rock hard and tough. Um, the fog layer to me kind of like keeps the greens a little softer in general by the, by the coast here, like in San Diego, it kind of does. If we get that, then regardless if they don't walk it or uh, don't water it, it kind of keeps it a little moist a little bit. Hmm. So we'll see. I think the first day you're going to see good scores. And then if you continue to see it, I think they're going to tuck the pins and say, all right, have at it boys. Love it. Uh, When I think us open, all I think of is, you know, Phil, Still uh, putting it carnage. with the ball. Still, ball is, yeah, just pure carnage. Just, just, just carnage, the hardest yeah. damn thing ever. That's what all of us want to see. Yeah, I don't, but yes, I, <laughs> I get it. So you know, the, uh, the viewers, the viewers also love to see the classic country club vibes. The clubmen in aftershave <laughs> in the locker rooms. The uh, the wonderful, wonderful <laughs> carpeting. Um, how's how's the has the membership been? Have they been inviting? Has there been many interactions? What's the clubhouse no interaction, feel like? Really, I came on Sunday when um, apparently the members haven't been on the golf course the last couple of weeks. So um, they have a little members tent and um, it seemed like they were having a good time today where they had the booze flowing. So I imagine, um, I imagine they'll have a good time. I mean, this is their baby. I don't know if they want to see, you know, 15 under win, or if they want to see seven over win, because I feel like, you know, all the members are like, this is our baby. Nobody's shooting, you know, 65 or this or that. So um, I'm curious to know what they're rooting for low scores or 75s. You may have to ask. It's, it's the first time it's been back in, in years. They were closed off to the public and exclusive for so long. So it's great to see that they had the Walker cup back and, um, and now have the the U.S. Open. Have you leaned on anyone from that Walker Cup team for notes? Has there has um, there been anyone I, that you've talked to? I walked around a little bit with Max and his guy. Max obviously he won a college event here. Um, nobody that um, I have a good friend here who's like one of their best amateurs, 
and he took me around the golf course Sunday. He's probably a plus two. So he told me everything I need to know, basically. Well, I need to know more, but where not to go and where to go. So any parallels and where, to, the, uh, and where the Playboy Mansion is. Yeah, perfect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Any parallels to Riviera? I mean, anything, I mean, the properties are so close. That, like, yeah. is the landscape similar? Is there anything that you can kind of use from there? Not really, actually. I mean, um, Riviera is close. Different, Riviera's Poana Greens and LACC isn't. Um, they have bent grass still, which is amazing. I don't know how they've kept the Poana out. And, um, yeah, the rough is different, too. So, not really. Other than, you know, you got that ocean breeze and you're, um, the ball probably doesn't go quite as far here as it does most places because of close to the ocean. So that leads me to ask then, what's what's your thoughts on Wyndham's chances then? I like his chances here. He played pretty well today. Um, obviously, his length's going to be crucial on some. I mean, there's three par fives and he could get to all of them. So that helps. And, um, you know, it's at high and pretty far. When guys are hitting four irons and he could hit six iron, I like his chances because the higher you hit it and the softer it comes down, well, we could probably get to certain pins that um, other guys can't get to. So, um, yeah, depends how, he, you know, if we if he handles himself and we do a good job with the golf course, I expect him to have a chance with um, nine holes to go, and that would be the ultimate goal, right, is um, – kind of plot yourself around to get to Sunday. And if you, whether you need to shoot five under or, you know, one over to have a chance, be pretty exciting to come down. Um, Cause I think this is going to be exciting us open anyways. Um, I don't think anybody's going to run away from it. Um, I, for whatever reason, West coast us opens do well. I mean, if you go look at tiger and the us open, you know, uh, pebble and Tory, it just, whatever, for whatever reason it is, there's, good time uh big time champions and um it's usually good for tv so i'm looking forward to it well windham chips it pretty well chips it incredibly well maybe his best maybe his best thing and you got to be kind of creative if you miss a green there don't you kind of with yeah with some of the stuff around there for sure yeah you don't want to be chipping too much though because i don't care major championships it still kind of beats you up um you know you could rely on a little bit but it's so demanding usually that um yeah, it gets tough. So this being a uh, a major, is there any difference the, uh, in the prep that goes in? I don't know. I, I try not to make it or for both of us. Um, but surely, like we're here on a Monday, um, we played nine holes. You know, when you've played courses, you typically kind of get in Monday night, play nine and nine. And we played nine today, maybe play 18, maybe nine. So um, I feel like for everybody, it seems like everybody, I think, over prepares, right? You're, um, surely you want to know the golf course, but, um, you still got to hit the shots and that's going to dictate whether you play well or not. Right. So, um, yeah, so I think there is more work involved in it as long as it's not too much. Cause you can wear yourself out on these major weeks too. Like the golf course is hard and nothing worse than shooting a bunch of 76s before you go tee it. How does something like the Wells Fargo, right? We had a big golf course and yeah. a big, big win, first win. How yeah. does something like that prep or compare to to what you have this week? 
well, it's, Wells Fargo is such a hard golf course. It's long, it's big, um, just like you said. So um, obviously it's different grass, different whatever, but winning on a golf course like that, you cannot hide, you can't fake it, you can't chip good that week and only chip good. You have to do every aspect of your game has to be on. And obviously to win a major championship, you nobody's winning this golf tournament uh, putting negative seven. I mean, you're going to have to be in the pluses with everything you do. Um, and so therefore, um, you have to do everything well to win. I think the, the golf course might le- lead to some drama because the last three holes are brutal, aren't they? Like brutal. really Six, difficult. Yeah, 17 is really, really hard. 18, um, they made the tee shot. Uh, <laughs> originally, they had you kind of hitting to the right where the junk is and they brought the fairway in. They since made the fairway fairly wide. So I think if you got a two shot lead on 18, you'll feel pretty comfortable where maybe some us opens, but 16 is tough. Um, 15, you know, the little diabolical part three. I mean, <laughs> this golf course, you know, whether you're playing great or not, you could still have a three shot lead and go five, five, six, you know what I mean? So, um, I think it's going to make for exciting uh, U.S. Open. I, I actually can't wait till Thursday. I want to see how it plays. I want to see what guys shoot. You know, I'm hearing some guys think it's 12 to 14. There's no way, I don't think. But if somebody does that, then um, that's incredible golf. I just don't see it. It looks like on TV, it, like it has almost like um, like Australian sand belt kind of, kind of vibes to it a little bit with the bunkering and everything, at least yeah. vis- visually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're right. Actually, it does. And they always seem to go up against these lips here for whatever reason. Like they're firm down at the beginning and then they kind of roll up. So the bunkers off the fairways and stuff will be pretty penal. You're not really getting it up by the greens unless you just sneak into it or something. You got a comfortable player in? Who who you paired with? We got got Austin Ekro and Alex Noren, both Oklahoma State guys. Um, I think it's a great pairing. We played with um, Ekro last, or yeah, last time we played at Memorial and we both played great. So that always helps. And Alex Noren's a a good guy to play with. So I think it's a great pairing. Um, Like I said, we go late early, which I think always helps in these big tournaments. Um, So I like it. Will you watch um, Alex Noren's pre shot routine? Yeah, actually, I really like Alex, <laughs> and it's fascinating. It's like, what can you possibly? How much further left can you possibly get? <laughs> and I'm he just start pounds that. golf balls. He pounds golf balls doing this same thing every time. Oh. Speaking of fascinating, we got a one-handed chipper playing this week. I mean, he I, says, "Yeah, I don't. Know, I I can't even chip very well with both hands. I can't imagine chipping one hand in the U.S. Open." Well, maybe you should try one-handed. Actually, <laughs> you got that's the, content right there, Mike. Come on, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be coming the, next week. <laughs> yeah, don't Be you an claw athlete. The putting? If you claw the putting, you might as well start clawing it. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> needed it today. I, need, I couldn't get up and down to save my life. All right, so we're. Um, I think this would be a tough place to chip one-handed. Obviously, he might have some chipping demons. There's a reason why he's doing it, but. Um, you know, I saw the action. He didn't flinch at it or anything, so maybe it'll be pretty good. But um, I would think you need two hands around this joint. Yeah. So we're going into to L.A., into the U.S. Open. It's kind of a fashion-forward week. Uh, I think some some possible rumors of what Hovland's going to be wearing are out. They're awful, oh, as always. Yeah. Um, wondering if uh, 
if you're going to be showing up in anything, <laughs> what is Tim going? <laughs> joggers? No, I, I, I want white wanna... joggers. White joggers. John is what he wants. He wants white. Yeah, no, because I mean, if you go back to Wyndham's, if you go back to Wyndham's PGA profile photo, yeah. he has on a very unique floral, like dark floral polo. Yes. Um, he needs, yeah. From the from the same municipal company that you your hats from right now. So. Yes. Um, they didn't, uh, he's got nothing, uh, tricky this week or, uh, very fashion. He's sticking to it. Um, I'll send you a little picture. I don't have it actually right now, but they scripted his outfits plus his underwear. So wow. um, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. that's, yeah. that's yeah. the Playboy yeah. Mansion the, later, huh? Playboy Mansion for the <laughs> yeah. after party. Exactly. So the, yeah, the most outlandish thing is his green underwear in his, uh, <laughs> with his white pants. So. Only, That's only closest here we got. Break eighty podcast. Yeah. Uh, did you uh, while we're talking golfer? Did you catch that playoff in the Canadian Open? I caught a little bit. I was out on the course, and then I missed the seventy-two footer. But that was incredible. Uh, the Canadian fans are amazing. Um, they're really amazing to their own players. Not that they're not great to everybody, but um, honestly, I was rooting for a Canadian. I think it's so cool. It's good for golf. And, um, I mean, it's been what, like 60 something years. Like that's crazy that nobody's, uh, gotten it done, but it was really cool. And I used to play on the Canadian tour with Nick. So, um, yeah, it was really cool. Actually. Has anybody seen Adam Hadwin around LACC yet after getting, I saw, I saw there by the security guard. (laughs) He was upright. He looked pretty good. I mean, I felt bad for him. That's a bad, that's a bad deal. Uh, he's Canadian. A great hit. He's Canadian, so you know he got he hopped right back up and gave that guy a hug and said it's okay. He probably lost a tooth and did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, anything else that you want to ask John before we set him on? A uh, I I did just see that the uh, the Nuggets Heat game ended with a Nuggets win, so they're up. Your guy, to your guy's gonna be riding high, Denver. Yeah, he's in there still. He's in the little movie room watching it. If he comes out here, I'll have him shout out to you guys. But there's he must hope. be in there. There's hope for the Wolves there. then, because Denver had a lot. Denver has been like the Wolves basically, and never been in the championship till this year. What, what are you talking, Mike? They literally have Butler on the Heat. What? Yeah, but the Wolves are like Denver has had like a sixty-year ABA NBA and never won anything like, like the Wolves, man. Yeah, there's hope, there's hope for us. Well, he must be stuck in there, but we'll get him on um, maybe tomorrow night or, um, yeah, later on during the week or uh, even after it or something. I already told him he's got to come on for 3M, so yeah. we'll get him for 3M. Hell yes. Hell yes. So we'll what? do it. Oh. He- we'll do it live from uh, – we got to do it from some pub somewhere in Minneapolis or somewhere. Oh, well. I've noticed that he's a big Mexican food critic on, on Instagram, so we could find – we could do some research. Yeah, we got to find he uh, where'd we do it last time? He did some review in YZ. I can't remember where he did it at. But yeah, we'll find some place that he could do it. And we'll he, doesn't want, he doesn't want to go to our stopping point in Albert Lee, Tim, after after the tournament <laughs> we go to every year. I was I was going to make the joke. Why is that known for their Mexican food, folks? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got to find a spot. Well, we got, uh, we also have, um, we had Andrew Novak on the pod. Yeah. I saw you guys Instagram. He's been playing some nice golf. So that's great. Good. So I, he said, he said, we got to go to, I told him, cause he was talking, we were talking about like juicy Lucy's or whatever. Yeah. I said, get some guys. We'll go to Matt's bar one night early in the week or something and get the real yeah. deal. 
let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> well, John, uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to following you guys and, you know, wish you the best. Uh, yeah. Whittem has been playing great golf. I'm sure you're a part of that and in, in why he's playing good. And uh, yeah, you're good people. And we're just, you know, hoping that another good week and, and Whittem has been playing so well that uh, it just may be his week. You know, the majors yeah. are always tough. And, and as you know, more than anybody, you know, inside the ropes that, you know, majors are a different ball game and, you know, yeah. winning the Wells Fargo, Fargo, which is very similar in, you know, not, not completely the, you know, the field that you're, you know, talking to now, but very close and, yeah. you know, it's possible. It's possible. So hundred percent. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. We'll do it uh, live. And um, if we're knocking on the door this weekend, maybe we'll do an emergency podcast and we'll get some insight and, um, have some fun with it and we'll get them on and uh, that'll be good. Love that. If there's one thing as we end this that you want to see Wyndham do well this week, what would it be? Um, That's a great question. I want him to putt well. Yeah. Like in these major championships as well as like, if you hit it great and this or that, but you're still going to have the knee knocker four or five footers that you have to save and make pars. And I always feel like, you know, in, in any round, there's one or two putts that kind of dictate how the round's going to go. And in a major, I think it's three or four putts. And it might be a six-footer for bogey, and it might be the, you know, three-footer for birdie on a hole that you shouldn't be. But um, I want him to – I would love to be plus eight putting. How's that? <laughs> first, first in the field putting from three feet. So yes. he's got that stat <laughs> rocking and rolling. Let's go. We need to be better than that. Mike picks, right. Mike picks those up. Mike picks those yeah. up. Because he does, he does Mike is 100%. If, if he's looking for any tips, he knows where to, he to look. I'll give him a couple. First of all, just pick it up. and don't have to worry about it. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> all, all right. Take guys, care, thanks John. Thanks yeah. All right. Good luck this week. All right. Thanks. Bye. All right, boys. It's time to make some picks for the uh, U.S. Open. John Ellis gave us the intro on the golf course. It's going to be – we're guessing – pretty firm he wasn't sure on uh you know how firm we hope or at least i hope that it is just baked out and it is hard pan because that makes it so much more fun to watch but here's what we're doing for picks you got to pick somebody from the u.s somebody from europe and and uh, and some other continent can be anybody else are we going to eliminate some players guys make it better you can't take scheffler you can't take rom you can't take kepka Tim's going to be devastated. Uh, you can't take Hovland and you can't take Cam Smith. How about that? Those five are off the board. You got to pick somebody else. One from each. Uh, I, I don't, I don't understand why I can't take Cam Smith. He hasn't done anything recently. Here's and why you guys are, you guys are going to pick Jason day. Who's done a bunch <laughs> recently, according to your tour, your tour that doesn't even so, exist anymore. It makes it so much more fun that, uh, that, that you can't pick all the live. Some of the, you, have to, you have to dig deep into that live roster. Get down the roster. There isn't pl- much because because oh, you guys don't even know you took the money. Deep. You got to get down the roster to see one. See one yeah. made the cut. Mito prayer is raving his hand right now. Tim, pick yeah. me. Pick me. Mito, pick take me. me. Take me. He's playing. <laughs> well, I I'm glad we're on top. I can go first then, and I'm going to go right into my European pick, which is Mito okay. Pereira. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> European low class. He's from Chile. <laughs> okay, no, he He's might South be American. from Chile. He He's might South be from American. Chile, but folks, his mother 
is an artist from Germany. And if you haven't heard this story yet, oh my God, let Go me paint on. you a picture of who is putting pools into Chile and Argentina right now. Oh my God. Let's just give Tim, let's pretend that he is European because that, that's fine with me. If he, sure, if you, he could have, you could have me. So we're starting with Europeans. We're going with Europe. Go ahead. We're, we're starting with the Europeans. Europeans, okay. you can't take Rom or Hovland because yeah. So I'm just going to go with the guy that I feel like's been pretty steady. In fact, you know, I've got good vibes with him. I picked him earlier this year. He won for me in my hot streak. Uh, you know, he played really well this week. Um, was right there at the Canadian Open. Um, you know, older guy has a major, and it happens to be a U.S. Open, um, and that is Justin Rose. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Jay Rose up in here. Um, yeah, he's just got a really good um, recent history. Played well, and he's got you know not at this course, but he's he's also got a U.S. Open. So he did win on the West Coast earlier this year. That he did. Pebble Beach. Oh, who am I gonna take here? I'm trying to find some workarounds here to take anybody I want, like Tim did. Uh, That's not even a workaround. Guy, think about think about how you identify. Guy. In, in your culture, like I'm Irish, right? <laughs> I'm I'm Irish Swedish because my ancestors came here in the 1910s. Uh, and I guarantee that the Hinge family or Heige family from, from Germany got there a little bit later than my ancestors got here. What? Oh my gosh. Probably um, around the 1940s. Who am I going to take? Let's see. Oh. I feel as if my guy, Victor Perez, you know, the Frenchman, it's, it's his world. Every, everybody else living in it is going to play well this week, but I'm not taking him. I got to go with a guy uh, that we talked about, Tyrrell Hatton. How can you not? He's uh, he puts it well. He, he's a steely competitor to say the least. And we're going to probably on fast green, see a little bit of swearing and some outbursts, which he should be on. Like he should have his own, Netflix, not an episode, just a whole season of full swing with just Tyrrell Hatton out there. Um, but we'll go with we'll go with Tyrrell for Europeans. All right, uh, Timmy, let's go. Let's go. Others, other continents. Now you've already taken your other as a European. We'll see what you got this time. Well, here here's the issue, right? There's just and I I got to stick to my guns. It works so well for the last couple majors. If you pick live. You get the most bang for your buck just because of how the world golf rankings have worked and, and how the stats on them have gone. The real issue is sometimes you don't get full stats. You don't, you don't see how good people are uh, approach to green. You don't see how good people are with lag putting, but this gentleman who's, who's truly out of our, our realm of picks having been from Mexico growing up in Texas but an excellent ball striker. Sometimes a little bit wild with the driver. Shouldn't matter. Um, but I'm going Abraham answer for the wild card. This would truly be a great pick if he did something. I, he has done nothing on live or any major anywhere I mean, all year. Huge. That's what you said about Bryson. Massive sleeper. Yeah, that's true. The answer, you might as well pick Allen Iverson this week. I think he's got just <laughs> the <a good> answer. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, I'm a big ball striker guy this week. I want a guy that can hit his, you know, club face square. And 
this guy has done that for years. He's not playing great lately, has not played great in majors this year, as far as I remember. But um, I'm going to go Sunjay M, top 25 on the tour on the greens. So that's important. Uh, you know, great approach game. Funding is decent, but uh, I think it's time for him to to get it going. And, you know, if there's anybody that uh, that can hit a, a shot to a flag that most people don't aim at, it's uh, Sanjay. So we're going to we're going to hope that he can make uh, make a few putts and and do what he normally does with the with the irons. And, and he should be uh, should be solid to pick this week. All right. I was going to go Jason Day, but I'm making a late switch, late switch in the others. Um, my my uh my 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 Canadian fishermen call that a bitch and switch. Yep, just uh, don't switch lures, not not catch anything. I know most of the listeners are thinking I'm going with Bazaden Hoot, but he's not in the field. <laughs> he's not in the field, so we're going to another Who'd guy. I picked about a dozen times this year. We're going Corey Connors. I picked him last week as the winning Canadian. This week I'm Jesus. picking him to win the U.S. Open. Ball striker of ball strikers out on tour. He's just he just won the um. The smaller of the opens, the U.S. Open. He didn't win the big one, the Canadian Open, but he's he's ready for the consolation prize, the U.S. Open title. On to the Americans. Tim. You mentioned Netflix need to do a pure series off of one guy. And, and I agree. They do need to do a single-handed follow that player around for their, their life. Get a feel for the yeah. Really kind of set the scene, and I would love Tiger to do it. I don't think he's gonna do it, but I think the second best option is probably Captain America himself, Patrick Reed, coming back in black to uh, to win the U.S. Open. I think he had a pretty good showing at the uh, the Masters. He is a consistent ball striker, especially on approaches, and usually a really good putter, and uh, about as American as America can get. Big villain. I can see. I can think of nobody. Nobody in this field that I would want to win less. Fucking <laughs> Patrick Reed. Like that's why anybody, I wanted to win so much. I would I rather. See. I would rather watch Phil in a high flyers outfit, head to toe, out there trotting around, talking shit, than watching than than Patrick Reed win. I can see Netflix the producers back. Yeah, the Netflix producers are sitting there saying, "Ah, should we follow Justine and?" And Patrick, or should we follow Paulina and Dustin? I think that's yeah. a tough one to pick there. I just don't quite know which one will actually sell some, you know, some viewers on that. So, yeah, Tim, I can't, I can't agree with you on that one. I mean, you get, I could see this angle though, Tim. Lots of the barranca. You get down in the barranca. The camera can't see you. Oh, fidget, fidget around, a little, fidget around a little bit. Draw a good lie here. Draw a good lie there. Hold on, Mike. As as the one that needed a good lie. Oh, <laughs> hey! I can't. I cannot help. I cannot help that Wild Marsh can't properly spray some paint around areas that should and be. And Patrick Reed can't help if there was a burring animal. All we know is Jeff gives no breaks on the golf course. Do not play with this man. Do not associate with this man. Hey, I'm a true man of the game. You know, it's a game of honor. It's a game of. <laughs> Go ahead, so. Jeff. All right, my my American is, God, he's fun to watch. Um, I hope that he, you know, he kind of had a little bit of a tough, you know, he had a little injuries, quote unquote, uh, you know, fatigue, but he he fired back um, with the T five at Memorial, 
Um, his wrist injury to me is not uh, worrisome anymore. Won the U.S. Open in 2015. He loves firm and fast. I mean, let's be honest. Get him around those crazy greens, and I think magic just seems to happen. So I am going a little bit with heart and a little bit with head. So it's kind of a combination there, and I, I got to go with my boy Spieth. Should be good. Should be a good track for him. All right. So last year when Tim and I did our picks for the future, I'm pretty sure I took Max Homa to win the U.S. Open at LACC, which he is the course record holder with a 61 in college. But I'm not picking him this week because I don't. Has he played well at all since early in the year? I haven't seen. I I don't even remember last time he played great, but um, he had a win. He's. Yeah, early. Oh, Riviera. He played well. Oh, Ron won Riviera. No, Ron. He got second at yeah. Riviera. He he won at um. Where did Homa win? He won somewhere early. In the early. Farmers. Anyway. Yeah, Farmers. Tory Pines. But it was all on the early swing. So he and he kicks ass in California. Like it wouldn't shock me if he wins. But he's because he's great there. But his current form has not been the best. So we're gonna take a different Californian to win his first major. And that is Xander Shoffley. Ooh. Who uh, usually in the big events is in contention somewhere. Um, He hasn't played terrible, but I believe he's got like six straight top 18, just like that when he's played in events he's played. So he's played. Okay. He hasn't, I don't think he's played like as a top 10 player in the world, like his ranking or was or whatever, but this might be his week. Um, that's that's what I'm gonna go with. How about some other guys? What do we think of Scheffler? Easy, easy favorite, correct? I don't know how you can't rock with him. I mean, I think, uh, like I said, it's gonna come down to just how well you hit a club. I mean, you're gonna have five par threes, which means you know that's a that's a big part of the golf course. That's five out of your 18 holes that you've got to hit a solid iron on. Potentially would if it's you know pushed back to 290 or whatever some of these par threes are, but that's that's going to be a big part of it. And, you know, the he's not putting great, but I think he putts well enough on a tough, you know, track to hang in there. I don't think he needs to drill a bunch of 25-footers. I think he just needs to two-putt a bunch, hit a bunch of greens, see where your score ends up at the end. Yeah. So, so Scotty's played here before. There's a couple guys that have. Yeah. Zalatoris is out. Morikawa has. As and Scotty has as a part of this Ryder or sorry Walker Cup team that was back there years ago. By the way, it's available online uh, um, on YouTube. So if anyone wants to see the course in play in action, uh, can look that one up. But it took Scotty 16 holes, I want to say, to make a birdie during his final round of the Walker Cup. He was not making putts, and he was he was described as hot with the putter back in those days. So he's had issues. Go ahead. Finish. I was going to say he's had his, his issues on these greens before. Um, his ball striking will help a little bit. He wasn't that accurate in the greens last time through. Uh, but I just, I don't see that necessarily changing uh, from his, his time here to, to now because he's played so many of these other tournaments He's seen so many of these other courses that one time through, what, four years ago, 
is not going to change his putting now. I just I I don't see him having a strong enough putter to to win this thing. He doesn't need to have a strong enough putter to be in contention. When he's the worst in the field, he got second place as last outing. The average it didn't win. Average. Yeah, um, it didn't win though. Professional amateur, our favorite amateur in the world, Stuart Hagestad was on that Walker Cup team. He's only played in like a dozen of them. Um, well, the funny thing is nobody's talking about Rom. I think he's the Vegas like second favorite, but he's kind of been a sleepy, like nobody has said much about him. Uh, going into this week, I would assume, you know, he should play well, big fairways. He, he, I think the thing is, and John said, the fairways are really canted. A lot of them have some slope to them. So you can, so you have to put, you can almost play shots into the fairway. Like if it's canted, you know, one angle, you can hit a cut into it that kind of kills it a little bit uh, and stuff like that. You almost have to, I don't know, but Ram has been, nobody's been talking about him. It's so weird. And that seems like to me is good for Ram because he's the kind of guy that seems like get a little chip on his shoulder. Like nobody's, nobody talking about me anymore. Like watch this kind of shit that he might just come out of the gates and tear it up. I don't know. How about Rory? I, I think that, uh, oh God, no, no, I, I don't, I don't think I'll with the, uh, the irons is going to set up well, but I think for both Scheffler and Rom, uh, a high fade ball flight with the irons into these greens is going to set them up for success with a really soft approach. I just, uh, the premium isn't on driving at this place. The fairways are 50, 60 yards wide. Yeah. So I just don't see where Rory gets an advantage anywhere. Um, he he I, he can hit it far, but there's certain holes where it really doesn't matter. I'm uh, I'm out on Rory this week, and and the funny thing is, he putted pretty well in Canada again. He's he's actually putted pretty well the last two events. He hasn't hit it that well, but he's putted well. But Rory McIlroy has never won a tournament. I don't think as a professional, at least on the PGA tour where the, the winning, winning score was lower than like eight or nine under all the majors he's won have been like congressional for the U S open where it rained a lot. So it was soft and he shot a bunch under par. Like if this place gets baked out and it gets really fast and firm where the score is going to be like John said, maybe like seven, eight under that, that takes Rory out of the equation for me. Um, anybody else? Who else are we talking about this week? Brooks Kepka. Well, for sure. That, that uh, you know, I know, I know Scheffler will be the betting favorite for sure, but Kepka's got to be second. I mean, how could you not? He's got a first and a second in the majors so far this year and limited stats, right? Because Liv doesn't participate in the same way that the tour does, but um, strokes gained approach, he's number one. Granted, easy to do when you win the PGA you get second and in, in the masters, but he's number one strokes gained to, uh, uh, to green um, based on, on those eight rounds. Right. So, uh, and that's kind of the premium that you need to see here. So, and a guy that shows up mentally and likely a guy that uh, gets low boost from the uh, glitz and glamor of LA. If you know what I mean, are we sure that Jenna doesn't add yeah. to his strokes gained? Does it snow in Los Angeles? <laughs> no, he's out there stroking guys regardless. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Hovland should be great here. Hits it high. Hits it, you know, he's a great iron player. Um, chipping's been improved. He should do well. Uh, like I 
I think I could see a guy Cam, like Cam Adam Scott Smith playing well. Cam Smith too, high high ball striker, great lag putter, right? Yeah, not a premium on not a premium on on accuracy off the tee, which he doesn't necessarily have all the time. If it gets baked out and firm, just you when you look at this golf course, it reminds me so much of like watching like a Royal Melbourne or something like that. I could see if it gets hard and fast. Oh, it's, all the it's, Austra- it's Cam Smith all the way. I could see all the Australians feeling really at home and comfortable and playing pretty well out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's going to be the best part about us is prime time. So it'll be into the evening here for us. That's the best. It's just not, as, not as good as the, the open championship in the morning with coffee, but it's close when you're drinking beer, I guess. I guess you could drink beer in the morning too at 4 a.m. Hey, you can uh, drink, you can drink beer whenever you want. You could. All right, Tim, you got some amateur stuff for us here. We got to pick who's not going to break 80. We got a list of amateurs. What is there, 13 amateurs playing? Yeah, we each have one pick because then we get one guy that yeah, we don't think is going to break 80. Okay. There's going to be many that so don't. So this is, I'm sure. So for, for our listeners that aren't following yet, this is from amateurgolf.com. And I had a chance to play golf with Pete, who's the CEO of amateurgolf.com when I was in in San Diego at Corey Pines. So right now there's 19 amateurs in the field and I'm just going to name off the the names here quick. They're going to be butchered. I apologize, but Bastian Amat, Michael Brennan, Barkley Brown, Ben Carr, Christian Cavalier, Wenyin Ding, Nicholas Dunlap, Mateo Fernandez de Oliveira, Matthew McLean, Maxwell Moldovan, Omar Morales, Alderich Petrig. I'm uh, guessing there. Gordon Sargent, Isaac Simons, Preston Summerhays, Michael Thorne Jensen, Brendan Valdez, Carl Valipas, and Alexander Yang. So those are our 19 amateurs in the field. I got I got my guy that's not breaking eighty. Are we going first round or either round? I would either, say any any either round. I either think that's round. fair. Okay, go. Who you got, Jeff? You got an amateur? Yeah, I got a guy. Um, you know, he's Boston College product. He's ranked one thousand seven hundred sixty eighth in the world. Um, he's basically the worst among all amateurs, and his name is Christian Cavalieri. You know, I'm a big Kristen Cavalieri fan. I'm a big Laguna Beach fan. Uh, grew up watching that. Uh, big, Jay Cutler, big... So you're not a Jay Cutler fan? Not, not, yeah, no, no. I, I always wanted Kristen over uh, Lauren. So um, I'm going <laughs> to stick with the Cavalieri, or how you always say that name, Cavalier, maybe. Christian Cavalier is who I'm going with. Okay, Tim, who do you got? So... I've got a, a gentleman here that's coming in at age 18 and it's not because I don't think he, he has the game. I just, I think that, that is sometimes youth is a detriment to the nerves and that's Aldridge Paul Geiter. <laughs> South African. Mm-hmm. All right. I got a guy here and I have no idea. He's 20. Uh, three years old. He plays college golf at the University of New Mexico. He's a teammate of one of our Minnesota's finest, Carson Heron. 
And the only reason that I am taking Bastion Amat is that he was the first alternate at Final Qualifying. He got in, but he had to he had to fire a 65 on the second day of qualifying because at the Tacoma Country Club, he shot 75 the first day. And if you could shoot, if you shoot 75 at Tacoma Country Club, I got a pretty good feeling you gotta have an 80 in you at at LACC in the US Open because I, I don't feel like they're going to be the same quality or difficulty as a golf course. So we're going to go with Bastion Amat. He has won one time in college, but it's not going to hold up with his 8.57 a.m. start time, bright and early tomorrow. <laughs> no, Thursday. I'm ready to go already. It's been a long day. I'm ready for the open. Let's go. Uh, all right. Anything else before we wrap this uh, this pot up? Anything else you guys want to touch on before we call it a night? Yeah, we don't need to talk about our own golf this week. Nobody cares. No, nobody cares. <laughs> it's a major week. It's a major week. Yeah, let's leave it at that. So, all right. As you guys know, difference between 79 and 80 is everything. Enjoy the week. Maybe today's the day I break 80. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I got to keep it on the 80. It's the gold. Would you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80.